And whether you're quarantined in the house or not, you still don't want your gym bag being all nasty. Our sponsor today, Manscaped, is here to make sure your stuff stays in check. Manscaped promotes clean hygiene when it comes to your junk. Thanks to their lawnmower 3.0, Manscaped is the only men's brand dedicated to below-the-waist grooming. While you're probably at home looking for something to do, why not make manscaping a part of your new routine? You don't want to look like you're sitting on Ming's shoulders from WCW, and you don't want Brutus the Barber Beefcake chomping away down there, and you dang sure don't want to use that Freebird hair removal cream. Manscaped is forever changing the grooming game with their Perfect Package 3.0. Precision engineered tools for your family jewels. The Perfect Package 3.0 kit comes with new and improved lawnmower 3.0, waterproof, cordless body trimmer, and a ton of other liquid formulations to round out your manscaping routine. This third generation trimmer features a cutting edge ceramic blade to prevent manscaping accidents. Your goods are going to be nick free thanks to Manscaped's advanced skin safe technology. Inside the Perfect Package you'll also find the Manscaped Crop Preserver an anti-chafing deodorant and moisturizer. You're probably sitting on the couch like Al Bundy right now anyway, so you might as well keep everything smooth and fresh. Subscribe to the perfect package to get a new replacement blade refill for your lawnmower trimmer delivered to your door every three months, making sure your trimmer stays fresh and clean. And for a limited time, subscribers get not one, but two free gifts. The Shed Travel Bag, $39 value, and the patented high-performance anti-chafing manscaped boxer briefs this is the perfect package for your perfect package get 20 percent off and free shipping with code slopdrop at manscaped.com that's slopdrop s-l-o-p-d-r-o-p do yourself a favor and always use the right tools for the job that's 20 percent off with free shipping at manscaped.com by using the promo code slopdrop s-l-o-p-d-r-o-p That's a slot drop. I can answer that. That's a slot drop. What is that move? That's a slot drop. Slot drop time. That's a slot drop. Slot drop. Slot drop. Slot drop. The slot drop indeed. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the slot drop. I'm your host, Nathan Rogers, and we are joined by the loose cannon of the Twin Lakes Sports Network, the one and only David McBee. What's happening, man? Man, I'm uh, glad to be here, except my hair looks a little funky in the camera there. Starting off with some headlines, looks like the WWE uh, following suit with AEW finally getting some, uh, some attendees in, in the audience, some of the trainees at the Performance Center, including one Simone Johnson, daughter of Dwayne The Rock Johnson. It doesn't matter what you think! I, I like having a few people out there, even though these other organizations are doing it, but you know who did it first? Viral Pro, man. Yep. Viral Pro set the tone. They had the uh, germs that were ringside uh, on their live weekly show, which I'm, I think I'm up to episode eight now. I absolutely love that show. But, uh, I, I mean, any type of crowd experience, obviously it's not going to be like it was, but I'm glad they got people in there, man. Uh, former NXT standout Apollo Crews is the new WWE U.S. champion on Raw. Good for Apollo Crews. I would still like to see him align himself with Bobby Lashley and MVP, but hey, good on him either way. Well deserved. Yeah, congratulations, Apollo Cruz. It looks like restart number 2708. Finally worked. He's some gold, but he needs a mouthpiece. Speaking of main roster, Matt Riddle, uh, current NXT standout, possibly headed to SmackDown. Good move or bad move? Bro. 
I think if he's going to go to one of the main rosters, I'd much rather have him go to SmackDown than uh, Monday Night Raw. Uh, I just hope, bro, they don't totally uh, ruin him. Because I love Riddle's work right now in NXT, man. It's awesome. I know. I just I just hope they don't ruin him. But, hey, uh, SmackDown. Oh, come on. They never ruin anyone. No, Come never. on. Really? Come on. But with them being on Fox, which is a little more sports – centric than raw i think that's probably the best fit for riddle current nxt champion adam cole attending an aew party over the weekend uh his wwe contract could be up at the end of summer does he stay with the undisputed era in nxt or does he join his favorite dentist current lady friend Britt baker in aew Well, if I was in his shoes, I'd definitely choose Britt Baker. But uh, I, I got a feeling Cole, man, I, I think he's going to – he's got a good thing going with WWE. Uh, I, I'm sure AEW can kind of match it. But, I mean, you put him in AEW, I, I think he could have some great matches. But I, I really – I'm just digging his NXT stuff, and I'm hoping he stays there. But, I mean, honestly, it's going to come down to the power of the almighty dollar. Is it going to go with that McMahon money or that con money? I don't know. But either way, hey, I'm a big fan of what he's doing in NXT, but I wouldn't blame him a bit if he wanted to join his girlfriend and his former Bullet Club buddies in AEW. Well, man, I think you got to look at too. Think about the contracts. Not only is it just a set contract, but then, you know, they sell action figures. They sell all this merchandise like crazy that he makes a lot of money off of. Uh, I don't know if – I mean, AEW just doesn't have that machine right now. Uh, so they probably have to make up the difference and offer more of a guarantee. But uh, the upside, I mean, the the thing in, is in, in WWE, where does he go besides NXT? I mean, he's not going to be a champion on Raw or SmackDown. I think he should be, but he's not. I mean, he's not a bodybuilder like Vince likes. So, uh, you know, I, I could see him going to AEW, uh, but it's going to be really hard because WWE's got a lot to offer and but I mean, dude, he'd get to spend more time with Britt, ba- Britt Baker. So I mean, you make it's a pro and a con it. list; it's pretty even. Yeah. yeah. Uh, speaking of Britt Baker, injured as we suspected a few weeks ago, putting her on the shelf for a while. But they are doing some good things with her right now, which we'll we'll get into once we start covering the actual shows. Dude, this sucks. It just stinks, man. I was loving her work. I think she was coming into her own, and. uh you know, I, I just absolutely hate that this has happened, but I think uh, Britt, you know, despite the injury, I think she showed, like we'll talk later, uh, she can still contribute. Speaking of contributing, Brian Cage made his AEW debut at Double or Nothing, and it appears that Taz is his manager. I like this pairing. That's Brian Cage, the machine. Yeah, I think it's a great combination. I like anytime you see Taz out there. Uh, I've been reliving a lot of old ECW stuff lately, so uh, I, I'm digging it, man. Uh, Marty Skrull of ROH made a surprise appearance on a recent uh, Being the Elite episode on YouTube with the Young Bucks and Adam Hangman Page. A little uh, Bullet Club reunion there. I think now that he's the head booker, you know, he signed a huge contract to stay with ROH. They made him the head booker. I think he's doing these little things with NWA and obviously a little uh, appearance here with AEW just to kind of 
mend those, keep those relationships good in case there's some cross promotional stuff in the future, which is pretty smart. I really got a feeling this COVID thing is really impacted, especially organizations like ROH, but, uh, Screw! I mean, he's kind of bouncing up all over the place. That I mean, that part's pretty cool. But I'm just not really. Uh, I just wasn't really digging his stuff he was doing in the NWA. Uh, staying on the topic of Marty Scurll, ROH, his fellow Villain Enterprises member Flip Gordon. I just got done listening to the Slop Drop podcast, and I just want to say that you guys are absolutely killing it. Recently re-signed with ROH, and the reason I'm bringing him up is because there was some talk about. Maybe him signing with AEW or NXT. Same case with Alexander Hammerstone, who re recently re-signed with MLW. I think they were kind of flirting around with him, uh, AEW and NXT, but he re-signs with MLW. Andrew Gulak. And my name is Drew Gulak. Just left WWE, what, a week or two ago, let his contract expire, was unsure what he was going to do. He also has re-signed with WWE, so... There's some contract statuses on, on a couple of really good guys. I would like to see either of those three in NXT or AEW, but they found a home, and good luck to them. Honestly, it wouldn't surprise me if there's a lot of re-signings. There's so many guys available now in the WWE. AEW and those other organizations might not be showing as much interest in some of these guys they were getting because now there's all this other talent out there they can go for. But, hey, I mean, if they can get the money, good for them. Well, not everybody that leaves WWE can't sign with AEW because they're going to run into the same problem there. Uh, Oversaturated roster. You can't main event every guy. Chris Jericho announced that tentatively set for uh, February 2021 is his cruise, the Rockin' Wrestling Triple Whammy Cruise. And uh, I think he needs to sign Cody and Dustin's uncle, the uh, wrestling legend Tugboat, to get on this cruise, <laughs> bring a little hoo-hoo to the high seas. <laughs> by the sea, by the sea, by the beautiful sea. That's where I'll be, I'll be. <laughs> well, speaking about high seas, is this a possible destination for the slop drop? Tell you what, the slop drop uh, hanging out with Le, Ch Le Champion, I mean, that could be, uh, that could be pretty cool. Hey, yo. It's survey time. Transitioning to our surveys and polls segment, I asked who looks more like a hip youth minister wearing flip-flops with jeans, a young Michael Cole or AEW's Alex Marvez. 57% uh, said Michael Cole and 43% said Alex Marvez. I can see both those cats wearing flip-flops with jeans. Oh, my gosh. As soon as I see that background with Cole in it, Oh, man, that brings back some memories of uh, him getting a wedgie from DX and just being thrown all over the place by China. So, oh, man, Michael Cole, flashback. Who looks more like they'd most likely burp and then blow it in your face, Kevin Owens or Bray Wyatt? 71% said Kevin Owens, 29% said Bray Wyatt. I did have a guy uh, chime in and say if I had to put Husky Harris instead of Bray Wyatt, then maybe he would have won. But who looks more like they work in a morgue, Don Callis or Mike Tanay? 60% said Don Callis, 40% said Mike Tanay. Yeah, I don't think that's a very good picture of Don Callis. I saw that. I was like, <laughs> honestly, I thought, remember the old uh, character Waylon Mercy or yeah. whatever? Uh, yeah, I, I kind of thought maybe I was like Dan Spivey. I didn't realize Don Callis, man. Uh, I guess we all age, don't we? And who looks more like they want to speak to the manager? 2020 Bailey or 2014 Vicky Guerrero? 
60% said Vicky Guerrero and 40% said Bailey. I don't know. I'm digging Bailey, though. I like this attitude, like her new character that she's had. I mean, I guess it's not new now. It's been out there for a while, but uh, uh, I'm going to go against the grain. I'm going with Bailey on that one. You want a war? You're going to get one. Uh, moving on to NXT. Uh, first match, Drake Maverick. You know, we talked earlier about people being released. Is he released? Is he? Is it just a uh, uh, an angle? I don't know. But uh, Drake Maverick defeated Kushida and Jake Atlas and will now face El Hijo del Fantasma for the interim cruiserweight title. Kushida had Atlas in an arm bar. Maverick desperately just draped his arm over Atlas's chest, getting the pin. Kushida's legs were also covering Atlas, and Atlas was tapping to the armbar, but the ref only seen Maverick uh, make the pin. Later in the show, Kushida told Drake that he wanted him to win and keep his job. Maverick promised Kushida that he would get the first title shot if he won. So I'm still not buying this Drake Maverick as a legit firing or a furlough. He's obviously still on TV. They're obviously still using him in a storyline, so it looks to me like his job is safe for now. I think his job's safe. I think this match uh... – the ending is a little too cute for me. I, I uh, The way it was kind of booked, it was almost kind of booked to where everyone still looks strong. Uh, it's kind of kind of a weak finish. But, uh, I mean, I'm, I'm liking Drake Maverick's work, especially, you know, the, these last uh, few weeks kind of with this angle. Uh, Johnny Gargano defeated Adrian Alanis in a Johnny Gargano Invitational. Afterwards, there was a video of Keith Lee and Mia Yim mocking Gargano and Luray over dinner. Raquel Gonzalez defeated Shotzi Blackheart. Dakota Kai interfered, allowing Gonzalez to hit a powerbomb for the win. Scary spot here when Shotzi Blackheart uh, did a coffin drop from off the top rope outside, hitting basically landing on her head on the floor. But as uh, far as I know, she's okay, but that looked pretty pretty nasty. Yeah, that was that was a uh, nasty bump. But I really like the, uh, the uh, Kai and Gonzalez group pairing that they're having together. Uh, I think Shotzi right now, she's in a good spot. Uh, that was a, that was a scary, pretty scary bump there. But uh, overall, I thought it was, a, it was solid for a televised match. Charlotte Flair and Chelsea Green defeated Io Shirai and Rhea Ripley after Flair pinned Shirai with her feet on the ropes for a little bit of leverage. This wasn't on TV, but afterwards, Chelsea Green, she fired Robert Stone. Don't know what's going to happen with him. But uh, Flair and Green, I, I really expect big things out of Chelsea Green. She's a former Impact Women's Champion. Well, I, I thought it was it was good action in in the match. Uh, I'm I really I really like uh, Rhea, and uh, I thought I think Io. I they almost kind of made her a little bit of an afterthought on that. I wasn't crazy about that, but uh, I I really I really like uh, the dynamic that they kind of have going on right now with uh, Rhea and uh, Charlotte Flair. So uh, the women just continue to be solid on NXT. And and to me, that's a big difference. You know, we're going to talk about AEW later. Huge difference between the NXT women's matches right now and the AEW women's matches. Yeah. We see a promo by Imperium talking about being the dominant tag team. Uh, Birch and Lorcan had some drinks and decided they're going to go after the titles. Tommaso Ciampa squashed Leon Ruff, uh, hit him with a fairytale ending. Scarlett is out and stared at Champa throughout the match. After that, Karrion Cross appeared on the big screen and promised that he's going to make Champa feel something he's never felt in his life at the next takeover. Pretty excited for that match, man. Both these guys are, are talented, physical. Uh, Karrion Cross obviously outsizes him a little bit, but you know that one just – especially if there was a crowd at this next take, 
take over, it would just burn the house down. Oh, I mean, anything that, that Champa's been involved in, I think would just be uh, white hot right now. Um, I, I They're just keeping it simple, keeping it basic. I like that. This is one of those things that needs to be just simple and basic and, uh, and do that uh, build up to it. Adam Cole, baby, and William Regal have a little meeting and agree yeah. that the next takeover, Cole versus Velveteen Dream, will take place at a special location. If Dream loses, he can't challenge Cole for the title anymore. Sounds to me like it's going to be another cinematic match the way they're setting that up. I don't know how they're going to do it, where they're going to do it. Also sounds like WWE is not too worried about those pictures that was leaked a few weeks ago on social media. So maybe Dream is in the clear or – Maybe it's just appearing that way, and he's still going to take the loss. Well, last episode I was on, that was just breaking. That was breaking news about the uh, pictures that have come out. So, I mean, I think if they're still doing stuff with him this far ahead, it's probably not what everyone thinks it is. Uh, it'll be – I really think Dream's probably going to end up taking the loss on it. I think that's the direction they're going. Um, I, you know, we'll just – of course, you know, we'll see how it all – plays and work itself out but you know i think it's a good sign they're still using them because i mean if there was something legit he would have been the next week would have been out main event timothy thatcher defeated matt riddle in a fight pit match with kurt angle as a special guest referee now the decision must happen within the cage structure a 10 second count applies for knockouts standard rules for submissions the only ways to win are by knockout or by tap out Thatcher wins by technical submission after Riddle passes out from a rear naked choke. Timothy Thatcher has submitted Matt Riddle, and it's a technical submission. Timothy Thatcher. Riddle looked to be out. First, Riddle goes full throttle uh, right out of the gate, but things change for Thatcher, and by that, things change as in the number of teeth in his head because he lost a few chiclets during that match. After a doctor checked on him, and I really like that, they had a doctor at cage size like you'd see in the UFC. Doctor checks on him, says he's good to go. Uh, I love this match, man. I want to see more of this. There was no ropes. There was no turnbuckles. Cage completely around uh, the ring. There was like a platform, kind of like the old Ken Shamrock Lions did match. Uh, no escaping, but they had a tell of the tape like you would see in Bellator or UFC. I, I like this. I think that's what cage matches should be. You know, all, all too often, like, the first one to escape wins. I, I don't think the guy running away should win. I think there's two guys should settle it in the cage uh, like these two did. Man, I just love realistic wrestling. I love uh, pro wrestling and MMA hybrid matches, American Strong Style, whatever you want to call it. That makes sense. This made sense. I want more of this. Great to hear Morrow call some MMA again. And uh, does this confirm – that Riddle is going to the main roster now with this loss. Yeah, they, I think with the loss, Riddle's gone. It's just is it SmackDown or Raw? I would like him to go to SmackDown. I got a feeling they're going to send him to Raw and feed him to people. I hope I'm wrong on that, but we'll see how what happens. But I, the realism of the match was awesome. Uh, just all the things you mentioned, spot on. I really I, – I think having Morrow – on the call, I think, made a huge difference. I think it gave it some legitimacy, but that is showing, you know, watching that match, I thought about, you know, a, a tag team you like, the Miracle and Violence Connection. That was literally like one of their matches in the early 90s. They're just beating the tar out of each other, and that's all they're doing. It was, it was, uh, 
it was solid. I loved it. I think, uh, I mean, if you could have had that at a takeover, can you imagine what a takeover oh, crowd would have done with that match? But uh, be here some holy bleep chance. Oh, I think NXT is just continues to be solid. I know NXT, even if they're losing the ratings wars at the time, to me they're winning because they're just putting together some great matches, some great wrestling, and some great storytelling. I would love to see more matches lean this direction. Yeah, they, they lay it in, but they're not hurting each other. They may make it look like it hurts like crap, you know, but uh, Riddle and Thatcher, both MMA background, they know how how hard to go without just killing each other. But, again, I just love this style of matches. I would love to see more wrestling go this way. You've got Japanese strong style, British strong style. I want some American strong style. And to me, pro wrestling meets MMA, hybrid type stuff. That's where it's at. I would love to see more of that. Dude, it was just a straightforward match. I mean, that's all it was. I mean, most of the show, it was just straightforward, not all this uh, bells and whistles. Let them tell stories in the ring, and that's what they're doing. And that's what those guys did. And uh, I, I thought that was definitely, definitely the best match of the night on NXT. Moving on to AEW Dynamite, the Inner Circle opens the show surrounded by boxes of Inner Circle Stadium Stampede Champion t-shirts they had made prior to Double or Nothing. Kind of like, you know, the, after the Super Bowl, you see these shirts that that were pre-made with the loser on it that gets sent to <laughs> some third world country. So I thought that was kind of funny. Matt Hardy is happy to be teaming up with the Young Bucks for the first time. Goes back to one of his very first gimmicks at their request. Are we starting to see a Mick Foley-esque type thing with Matt Hardy where he just transforms into all these different gimmicks throughout the years? I mean, yeah, you think about, you know, Foley had what the dude loved, Mankind, Cactus Jack. Yeah, now it's like Hardy's all over the place. I, I like it. The stuff Hardy's doing, I think, since he's got to AEW, has been really good. Young Bucks and Matt Hardy defeat Private Party and Joey Janela. Uh, during this match, there's a skirmish between the Bucks and the Butcher and the Blade, who does not have the bunny anymore on the outside. Uh, Matt Hardy does a DDT and a slop drop combination at the same time on a Private Party. Cassidy ate a super kick and then more bang for your buck, then eats the pin. Private party, man. I, 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 I've said this before. I really struggle watching their matches. Uh, to me, it's just too choreographed. Uh, I, I just wasn't crazy. I mean, I like the stuff that Hardy's doing. But besides that, I mean, there's just way too many. I'm just not a fan of 50 million super kicks in a match. So I, I struggle with it. Uh, but I think Matt Hardy just continues to do a great job. But uh, probably it's hard for me not to fast forward. I mean, I DVR the show. It's hard for me not to fast forward if I see Private Party comes out, and that's that's not good. Uh, after the match, Hardy helps Mark Quinn back uh, to the backstage area. Butcher and the Blade attack the Young Bucks in the ring, and then FTR, Dax and Cash show up in a classic Chevy truck, goes to the ring, stare down the Bucks, then attack the Butcher and the Blade. Wait just a minute. Dax Harwood and Cash Wheeler, FTR! But FTR, formerly known as The Revival, has made their AEW debut. I hate it that there wasn't a huge crowd there to experience this, and you can hear the reaction, but uh, finally, FTR and AEW. Man, think about since COVID started. You've had, look at the guys that have come in. You know, you've had Hardy come in. Uh, you got The Revival, known as, now known as FTR. 
Brian Cage also. I mean, all these big guys that have been coming in, and could you imagine uh, what it would have been like if they would have had the crowd? I, I mean, I, I think it's been – it kind of sucks that they haven't had the crowd to cheer them on. But uh, John Moxley joined the commentary team to watch his future opponent, Brian Cage. Brian Cage squashed Lee Johnson and then gave him the drill claw. Task had a promo on Cage and Moxley at Firefest. Used his old catchphrase, beat him if you can, survive if he'll let you. I thought that was pretty badass. Beat him if you can, survive if he lets you. I thought that was awesome uh, hearing Taz say that again. Dude, Taz, you know, I mean, everyone's a little bit bigger now, but dude, Taz, I, I still think Taz is, the way he was portrayed in ECW, he still is like an unbeatable machine now even 20 years later. He just has that look. And uh, I, I absolutely love – I love him putting him with Cage. I kind of like, you know, bringing Jake the Snake. I mean, it's cool that they're bringing in these other guys to uh, these legends and kind of putting them with some of these guys that they have coming in. Now, they got to be careful that that – like what's happened, uh, you know, with uh, Lance Archer and uh, Jake the Snake, when you do that, you run the risk of having that legend overshadow – that new guy. So, I mean, it's something they need to really watch for. You mentioned Britt Baker injured earlier. She comes out in a wheelchair. On the back of the wheelchair, wheelchair, it says R-O-L-L model, role model. See what they did there at roll with the wheelchair. <laughs> uh, she put on a little presentation with some pictures, a bulletin board, and some red string, linking her conspiracy that her injury wasn't an accident. Chris Stylander. You being an alien is a crock of shit. Statlander, Sheeta, and Nyla Rose are all in cahoots with referee Aubrey Edwards. You're a shitty referee! You're a two. Uh, again, Baker out until uh, All Out, which appears to be September 5th, 2020. Uh, I hope they continue to do this stuff just to keep her relevant because, you know, when she first turned heel, it was almost like it was forced and she was struggling with it, but now it is just natural and she is killing it, and I, I love it. I just hope they keep doing something every week until she's able to return to the ring. When she was talking about the conspiracy, it made me think back to uh, WCW Monday Nitro, like 1998. Conspiracy theory from Chris Jericho, where he's going to the halls of Congress to, uh, you know, get this conspiracy worked out. I I love the stuff that Britt Baker's doing right now. The promo she's doing, the uh, I love it that she's just going after everyone. When she does get back, I, I like it that she's calling the champions fraudulent. Because honestly, a couple months ago when it was still Rio and some of them, yeah, they were fraudulent. They were killing the women's division. Uh, I love the things that Britt Bank's doing, and I just wish she had a crowd to work with. But I, there was one thing I didn't like in that promo. She should not have been pushed out by Rebel. She should have been willed out by Tony Schiavone. Yeah, she should have had Schiavone, Schiavone. Uh, will her out and uh, I love how she just just dogs on him every week that's the best part it's like what you, you know and it's little things too like there was that one week she had a cup of coffee that had Tony written on it and you know all this and I, I just love all the little inside stories that she's doing uh, I, I would love her to continue to go after Shivani and then like I've talked about before Lois after she heals up I heard she had an accident after Lois heals up have Lois and uh, go after Brit. That'd be hilarious. Oh, it sounds criminal to me. <laughs> okay, thank you very much. It sounds perverted. Yeah, I'm okay. Thank you. Or does Adam Cole come after Skiavone? 
We could we oh, could have Skiavone. a couples, mixed couples match. He'd make uh, Skiavone uh, piss his pants. That that'd be great. So they got to find some way to tie in Blue Shoe with Shivani. Like if they can get Shivani, like they they get a video of him popping a blue shoe real quick right before. Uh, you know, he's getting ready to interview. I, I think there's some more funny things they could do with it. So I, I, I love Shivani, except Shivani, man, he, he's looking a little shaggy. He, he needs a little bit of a, a trim. I, let me tell you what you need, Shivani. You need some manscaped. I know you sponsor it too on your podcast, but use promo code SLOPDROP. Uh, backstage, Chris Jericho with Alex Marvez. He gets mad when Orange Cassidy wanders through their interview. Uh, third match of the night. Hakira Shida, your new AEW Women's Champion, defeated Christy James with a Falcon Arrow. And finally, the Falcon Arrow is used as a finisher and it's not kicked out. That, that's how it should be used. It should be just kicked out like it's nothing. But, um, man, the, uh, the women's matches are just uh, – it's, it's tough. It, I, I found it really funny, too, in that uh, the broadcast that Jim Ross, he was talking about his uh, favorite shows that he likes on HBO. He talked about – the Sopranos, Boardwalk Empire, Curb Your Enthusiasm. They were mentioning all these different shows they like. All the shows they like are, like, old. I'm sorry, but, like, Boardwalk Empire, Curb Your Enthusiasm, I know they – I think they got a new season of Curb coming out in Sopranos. Which is that's excellent. All like, that's all, like, 10 years ago, man. It's really dated. So, uh, I don't know. It's just Shivani. Uh, Shivani seemed really off on his uh, plugging his HBO shows. Uh, I don't think Shivani has HBO, so. <laughs> Lois probably won't let him have it. Cody Rhodes cut a promo on how he plans to defend the TNT title each week with an open challenge. So, basically, this is the TV title. We all knew, kind of knew it was. But, so, uh, you know, Cody Rhodes is going to be on TV every week. Might help with ratings. And we're going to get to the uh, number one contender for that title. But what, what's the point? Are they going to have a battle rule every week? If he's going to defend it every week, or there's going to be a number one contender every week? I mean, the, the whole thing with AEW, they push, hey, we're going to do it like sport. We're going to have a number one contender. We're going to have win, wins and losses. They shouldn't have a battle royal every week. If you're tracking it like you're supposed to be tracking it, it's about wins and losses and all that. They should be able to get, you know, a number one contender worked out that way. Or, you know what, you just go old school on it have a guy interfere or, you know, put some type of storyline behind it. I think anytime you could have Cody on every week wrestling is a good thing because I love his work. I think he's the best worker in that company. Uh, so I don't know if he's going to – I haven't really seen a huge rating pop that he gets when he wrestles. But I, I just having him on the show, he brings legitimate, more realistic matches instead of spot fest. Kip Sabian and Jimmy Havoc defeated SCU. Penelope Ford interfered allowing Havoc to score a pen on Scorpio Sky. MJF cut a promo on how he's undefeated. You know, we just talked about this. Uh, and he shouldn't have to win a battle royal for a title shot, but will with Wardlow's help. And, uh, Wardlow's help. Uh, Wardlow seemed a little bit hesitant to let MJF win if it came down to the two of them. Am I sensing a little friction between MJF and Wardlow? It could just be MJF is just a jerk towards everyone, and there isn't going to be a breakup. But uh, I'm MJF, man, great work. Oh, uh, this 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 MJF guy, he's a real jerk. I don't like him. Yeah, tough tits. Jungle Boy wins the battle royal to become the number one contender for the TNT title. Uh, Jungle Boy, man, uh, I don't know if you watched Double or Nothing, but I thought I know everybody's talking about the Stadium Stampede match, but I thought Jungle Boy versus MJF was probably one of the best matches on that card. 
and no doubt those two are the, the future of that company. I think when you have a, a heel like MJF, man, pretty much anyone that's going to be in the ring with MJF, uh, he's going to really get that person over because everyone hates him that much, which is what you're supposed to do with a heel. Uh, but this whole battle royal thing would get kind of old. And uh, it was a little awkward, like, you know, when uh, Billy Gunn got in there. Dude, dude is like the size of like two of each one of those guys. Billy Gunn is still freaking enormous. I never realized how big Billy Gunn was. You know, I, I noticed too when I was watching, like I mentioned earlier, I'm watching a lot of NWA. Uh, the episode I'm watching, Colt Cabana is the national champion. And now he's pretty much a jobber. He comes over to AEW and he's pretty much a jobber. I'm sure, the money's a little bit better, but uh, I mean, I was really digging Colt Cabana, the stuff he was doing in NWA in the early part of it. Uh, almost wondering if uh, maybe he didn't make the right choice, but um, you know, of course, money, <laughs> if the money's right. Money isn't everything. It's the only thing. And everyone, everyone has a price. Money You're talks. willing to job out to anyone, so money talks. Everybody's got a price to pay. Yeah, everybody's got a price. Uh, to end the show, Vicky Guerrero and some Jags cheerleaders bring out the inner circle. Uh, they gave each other some funny little gifts. Jericho said he wants Mike Tyson's head on a platter. Tyson comes out with his entourage. I want your heart. I want to eat his children. They really didn't put him over much in commentary, but there was a couple guys. Uh, I'm a huge MMA fan. Rashad Evans, former light heavyweight champion uh, in the UFC. Vitor Belfort, former UFC light heavyweight champion in the UFC. Henry Cejudo, who just retired a few weeks ago, Olympic gold medal wrestler, multi-divisional, and simultaneous UFC champion. He held both the flyweight and bantamweight championship at the same time in the UFC. Those guys were in Tyson's entourage. They really didn't put them over much. Um, anyway, Jericho demanded an apology for being knocked out by Tyson 10 years ago on WWE Monday Night Raw. Of course, a brawl ensued. The locker room comes out. Everybody is separated. Uh, usually, this would get a ton of mainstream sports media attention, and it did get some. But since, in my opinion, since WWE has big deals with ESPN and Fox, it probably didn't get as much as it typically would. I don't know if this did any to, to help at all because many sports outlets didn't really pick it up. They talked about something that happened 10 years ago in another promotion and three huge MMA guys that probably nobody even knew who they were except for some hardcore MMA fans. Uh, what did you think about this whole angle? Well, man, when I saw Tyson's entourage coming out, I was like, holy cow. I was like, look at the group that he's got behind him of all these former UFC champs. I mean, you know, what, five, six? I mean, if you add up all the belts that they've won, I'm like, man, this is a big group. And like you said, they were not even mentioned. And when they did mention uh, Henry Cejito, how did they mention him? Uh, Jay, I'll call him Little Henry. No, Little all, Henry! They are, but he's not Little Henry. He's an Olympic gold medalist and a two-time UFC champion. Rashad Evans was not even I was, at all. Now, granted, Rashad does not look like Rashad did a few years ago. He's got longer hair and a beard now. Rashad Evans, former tough winner and UFC champion. They mentioned Vidor, I think, twice. But I'm, Tyson was involved in double or nothing, but it had nothing to do with Jericho. Had they done something like maybe they – bumped into each other backstage, and Jericho said, hey, man, I haven't forgot what you did to me 10 years ago. Let that play over into Wednesday night. Then they could have had something to build off of. 
if they come in cold, like, you know what, I want Tyson's head on a platter because he punched me 10 years ago on Raw. Maybe it'll play out. Maybe it'll be better. I don't think it did uh, very well for many fans, though, Wednesday night. Well, for one, you had to have been watching Monday Night Raw 10 years ago. And during that era of 2010, 2011, whenever that was they met, Monday Night Raw stunk. People wasn't watching it. Ratings were down. I mean, it's not like it was 1998 when Tyson comes in Madison Square Garden and gets into it with uh, Stone Cold Steve Austin, and they're going at it, and it's all over the place. I love Tyson, but Tyson doesn't have the buzz that he had 20 years ago or even 10 years ago. Uh, and uh, they just really undersold who he had with them. I think you could have talked about all the – not only heavyweight boxing champs, but all the MMA champs. All the that accolades those bad people had. dude. Yeah. Yeah, instead you're going to call an Olympic gold medalist Lil Henry. I'd be pissed off, man. That's that was just that was just stupid. And uh, you know, it's like basically what they did was they helped WWE because when Jericho said, "Go back to January 11, 2010, whenever you," uh, I haven't forgot what you did to me that day. Well, what they're doing is they're going over to the network. They're going to look up the Raw episode from January 11, 2010, and watch it to see what happened. Um, if you're having to make your fan base do something like that, that's not – to me, that's not a good thing. And Tyson almost lost his, lost his fight against the shirt too, man. Pro Wrestling uh, Tees, man. ProWrestlingTees.com. Check out your slop, shop, slop drop shirts there. You see that they're good heavy-duty material because Mike Tyson had trouble tearing it off. I don't even think he – I don't think he did tear it off, did he? He didn't. He didn't even get all the way through it. He, and then it was like wrapped around him, and it was really – it was just really weird, but the whole thing could have been great. Why, why waste it right now? Why not wait until maybe it's your first show back, you got a live crowd again, maybe in a couple months when everything sells down, you have a live crowd or do it on a pay-per-view, people are there, you build a little bit more buzz. There wasn't hardly any buildup for this. No. Uh, I mean, uh, you know, build up, like you said, have them bump into each other, build up a little tension between them. I know Tyson is not the man he was 10, 12, 15, 20 years ago, but I don't have the confidence that Tyson can throw a working punch and uh, get him in the ring. Somebody might eat a potato. Well, I've seen the video of what he's been doing lately, man, and he can still flat out go. He can work that bag, and I've seen him working. I'm like, gum, man, dude could still hit. But I, I just felt like this was really wasted for this particular show. Uh, you know, there there wasn't a potential to get a big ratings bump. And it's almost like, hey, I feel like they're kind of – they're shooting everything now. They're just, like, throwing everything away a little bit early. Build up to it. Do a natural build to it. And then Jim Ross – Jim Ross dropped the ball on his broadcast. I, I'm like – I love Ross, too. Uh, I think he's the greatest announcer of all time. I mean, the guys that are out there, there's, like, no mention. Big, big uh, ball drop there, man. You mentioned ratings over AEW Dynamite, 827,000. Defeated WWE NXT, who had 731,000. Uh, which show did you like the most this week, McB, NXT or AEW? I have to go with they lost the ratings, but they're the better show, NXT, man. Uh, which, think about that. All right, Matt, how much do you think that roster, how much they paid for that show they did on AEW with Mike Tyson? all the MMA guys they brought in. Think about all those dudes they brought in 
and they just had only 100,000 more viewers. That's such a little amount. That's uh, true. That's a good point, man. You got Tyson, I, three former UFC champions, uh, the debut of the Revival, I mean, FTR, and they only squeaked by with 100,000 more. Yeah, and NXT was just a regular, you know, uh, just continuing show. They didn't – you know, if NXT would have brought Mike Tyson on, they would have seen a bump because they would have – really promoted it right. NXT was the better show. Uh, you know, I, I enjoyed it more this week. Uh, I like the nostalgia of Sting Tyson because it brought back memories of 1998 with him in Austin. But also the nostalgia made me realize, man, we're all getting a lot older. I like NXT's main event better. Uh, I thought uh, Thatcher and Riddle, definitely the match of Wednesday night, probably the match of the week if you consider – uh, all the other wrestling promotions out there, it's on TV. But I, I, I don't know. I give AEW just a slight edge, and I don't know why. I don't know. I don't know if it's because I was entertained more by, by the revival, FTR, by Tyson, and because I knew who some of those guys were. I think, and a lot of other people didn't. So I think it was cool seeing Cejudo and Rashad and Vitor on there. So um, I give them a slight edge because of that reason, but. Once again, I think NXT's matches were were much better. Again, rating ratings uh, loss or not, I give uh, matches to NXT and entertainment value probably a little bit better on AEW. Yeah, I mean AEW definitely had the bigger names. Uh, you know the uh, just some of the the storylines that are bringing those bigger names into it. Uh, might have been a little bit disappointing, but I do have to give a shout for AW Jericho, man. Anything Jericho is involved with is awesome. Jericho is the man right now. He is just, he's just killing it. Uh, I just love the work that he's doing. And this could have been huge if done right. And I, it's almost, it was almost like they were pushing a panic button. It's kind of how I took it. You got a shot of the week. Well, actually I don't have a shot of the week, but I got a shout out of the week. I want to give a shout-out to our friends over at Mid-States Wrestling. Uh, they had an auction that they just did this last week, uh, raising money. I know you've been promoting it on the uh, Slop Drop Facebook page and on Twitter, uh, but a lot of people I know called in, helped out with that auction. Uh, you know, right now, and what happened was they had a fire. Their storage unit got ruined that has a lot of their wrestling equipment, merchandise, all that kind of stuff, plus with COVID, they can't put on a show right now. So I just encourage anyone tuning in, uh, go to mswtickets.com, check out. Not You can't buy tickets right now, but what you can buy is some merchandise. Just buy a uh, shirt of a wrestler. Uh, there's a lot of great shirts on there. Help support these local indie wrestlers. Uh, hopefully, uh, we're going to get some shows coming soon, but I think right now the biggest thing is, you know, if they have a show, how many people are going to be allowed to be at the show? So all we can do to support people right now, uh, help them out. And I know, Sumo, you were uh, helping them out, too, through uh, Wrestling Tees. Yeah, guys. Again, unfortunate incident. Uh, one of our favorite uh, indie wrestling promotions, and we support all indie wrestling, but we're uh, MSW is near and dear to our hearts. So if you go to ProWrestlingTees.com, buy any slop drop shirt on there, all of the profits will go to MSW throughout from now until July 1st because uh, they do some really good things for the community they're in. And we just want to help them so they can uh, get back up on their feet and keep doing good things for not only the community, but for the rest of the community. 
Yeah, and also uh, our good friend Niles Planquet, uh with Windy Wine Company. Check them out. The definite best wine out there. But uh, Viral Pro Wrestling is something that's been going on the uh, last eight weeks. Uh, it's something that you can go on, subscribe to. It's $7 an episode, or you can pay $20 and get four episodes. So it's much cheaper for you to buy. Just pay $20 and get four episodes. But I've been watching that each week. Uh, love the work. Seen a lot of guys we know, like, you know, Graham Bell and, uh, of course, Face Cowboy Jason Jones is on there. The Bad Street Beauty, Miranda Gordy, who I think she tore up Instagram today. So you'll have to check out uh, Miranda Gordy's Instagram uh, to know what I'm talking about there. But And, of course, Niles Planquet, uh, the All-American Alan Jefferson, uh, Johnny – I don't know if it's Johnny Lightning. I always get the two Johnnies mixed up. So. Jimmy Fiasco, he's on there. Yeah, Jimmy Fiasco and uh, – you know, just some great guys, all of them. Magnificent Malico. Yeah, and Malico, dude, that dude can work. But really enjoying that show. Uh, go ahead and get it. If you want to see some good old-fashioned pro wrestling, check it out. Uh, but I, I've been digging that. So anything you can do to help our local, uh, you know, any indie wrestling company, help them out, man. Even if it's just buying a T-shirt, uh, you know, we got to just keep them going until we get through this. Well, that about wraps it up for us. Follow us on Facebook at The Slop Drop or on Twitter at The Slop Drop One. Wherever there's a podcast, we are there. Remember to rate us, like us, uh, subscribe to us, uh, whatever you want to do. Uh, it doesn't cost you a penny, but it helps us out a lot. We appreciate you for listening to us. And uh, to still, again, to still a Twin Lake Sports Network, uh, Joey Badstreet Shaw and uh, the loose cannon David McBee, uh, go out and do something nice for somebody because. Well, heck yeah, tech yeah, and because your tomorrows are never guaranteed. All right, we're out of here. Goodbye and good night. One, two, three.